you need some reassurances this morning that recovery is out there for you, would you have the courage to just stand right up? One of those five areas, and you need some assurance today that there's recovery for you. Would you just stand? Yes, yes, have the courage. That's right, yes. Preacher, the Lord knows my heart. He's read my mail this morning. In fact, he's revealed my mail this morning. And he knows that I, I need to recover financially. If I don't, I'm going under. I'm going down. I'm going. I'm gone. I'm gone. If there's no recovery, there's relationships that are un... I just need the Lord to assure me. Now, how many of you know somebody that you care a lot about, that you love a lot? They really do need a recovery. Would you stand? If you would like to represent somebody else, and the most important word that you, will ever, that you will ever act on is the word recovery. If I had to tell the drug addict this morning, sir, I'm so, I'm so sorry that, you're, that there's no recovery for you. It's a done deal. It's over. Just deal with it. That wouldn't be good news, would it? That would be the saddest word I could possibly use. No recovery. No recovery. That's what the devil often tells us when we're in the midst of a real bind. No recovery for you. No, no way out for you. If you know somebody that you care about that needs some recovery, just stand to represent them. Because I came by here this morning to represent my Lord and his father. And he said, you preach to those people that will have the courage to stand. You preach to them recovery. <laughs> in the area of your greatest need, in the area that you need most, you preach to them recovery. Now, would you just lift your hand toward heaven? You don't have to tell the Lord a lot. He already knows it all. He knows a lot more than you know about the situation that's got you kind of tied up this morning, hurting and bleeding and broken. He, he knows more about the details than you even know. I sense that the Holy Spirit wants to speak into some of your lives this morning. You've been wondering if Felt like to you the Lord had walked off and hadn't even waved goodbye. Just left you with your situation. I feel an urgency this morning to tell you he's not going anywhere. He's with you and he's working on things that you don't even know about yet. And he is a God of recovery. A God of recovery. Would you now just, put, just lift your world to him? Would you just lift your world? Broke, broken, bruised, bound? Would you just lift your world to him? Father in heaven, we just give you this moment totally, completely. This is a quiet, silent, but powerful moment when we invite you to do something deep inside of us about the needed recoveries in our lives. Recovery of relationships, recovery of finances, recovery of love, recovery of health. 
recovery, recovery. We claim it, we embrace it. We wrap our arms of faith around it in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ who declared it. We leave this service believing God is able to bring about recovery by His power and His powerful resources. Will you bring it now into your heart and into your home and into your situation and dare to trust Him because recovery can be long and odorous, challenging and difficult. But receive the word today in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. How many of you will receive that? You receive it. You don't shut your heart to it. You don't close the door. You open your heart, Lord. We receive the journey of recovery in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You're a great crowd to preach to. Brother Farrell, it's a delight and honor to be with you today. I mean, if he don't get to fussing too much with his guests, he wants me to turn it off. If, but I heard him make a statement one, one night. He said, I have made great profits in my investments over the last five years. And he said, I've lost everything I've made in the last two weeks. I want to know, is there going to be a recovery? That word is being applied in so many different ways. Dr. Frank Tunstall tells us that in the Old Testament, probably the greatest curse on society was the curse of leprosy. And in the Roman uh, Empire days, the greatest curse on society was slavery. But the, the greatest curse on this society that we're living in is addiction. Addiction. Addictions to drugs, yes, but addiction to mul a multiplicity of things. And that's one reason why this word has been just burned in my spirit over the last several weeks. The word recovery. I don't know of any word that can get you to jumping and excited more than the word recovery. If you're feeling a pain from here to here to here to wherever, and you go get it checked out, and your doctor says to you, You've got a problem, and you may need surgery, but don't get overly anxious about it. You will recover. Man, you walk out of that doctor's office just feeling real charged. I've got a problem, but it's not going to be a matter of life and death. There is recovery for me. But I want to tell you something else. If you walk out of that doctor's office and you've just heard him say, this is what your problem is. And we don't know of anything that will help you recover. That word recovery can send you to the peak or to the pits as no other word. And I want to tell you, you think that makes that a very significant word? I want to read from Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. There are 12 key words in that verse. I'm going to pull one of those words out of that text. Jesus is describing the audience that he came from heaven to preach to. Now, can you imagine anything important enough that the Lord was to leave heaven and come to earth to preach? I want you to listen to what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We could preach a whole morning on that, couldn't we? Because he hath anointed me. We could preach another morning on anointing. To preach what? To preach the gospel. To who? 
Well, now, you know the Lord knows his audience. Now, li- listen to me for just a moment, right in the middle of the verse. If the Lord is going to send his son all the way from heaven to preach to a congregation, you'd think he would send him to a pretty good congregation, wouldn't you? I have preachers sometimes that say, Bishop, I, I want a church. I want a church that don't have a lot of problems. I said, you must want a very small church. <laughs> And one father said, I would really enjoy pastoring if it wasn't for people. Because everywhere you go, you, you get people and people have problems. And I have to tell them, you know, the Lord sent his son all the way from heaven to earth to pastor a group of people who didn't have it all together. We had a young guy the other day that was... Uh, uh, interviewing to get his license. He said, I, I can't hardly wait to get the pastoring. He said, I, I just have always had a re- very positive outlook about the church. He said, I've always thought about the church as a uh, Mayberry. You know, just kind of laid back and everybody, everybody loving each other and, and just kind of getting along and helping each other. I said, have you ever heard of Ernest T. Bass? <laughs> There may be a few people, even in Mayberry, that might want to throw a stone through a window or swing from a tree. But listen, and we say, man, if the Lord, if God's going to send his son to become a naked baby in a feeding trough that his mother has to wrap up with a, a swaddling clothes, surely he's going to send him to a really great people who have it all together. He's not going to send him to people that are already messed up, surely. He's not going to send them to people that really can't, can't pull it out on their own. He's not going to send them to people that have just, that have just broken down. In fact, if you follow the text, I want you to see, the Lord knew the audience that he'd be preaching to. Can I just say to you that he knows this audience also. He knows every one of us, and he knows the place the place where we need recovery. Listen to this. Let me, let me describe to you the audience God sent his son to. To preach the gospel to the poor or the broke. To heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. I just want you to gather all of your thoughts and heart meditations around that one word. God, my Father in heaven, sent me to a broken world to preach recovery. To preach to the people of the 21st century recovery. Lord, you mean that you're going to send them to people that are Got it all messed up just like these people. If you want to just put it down real quickly, I wish you write down these five words if you write anything down. I want you to see the people that he was, pre- he was called to preach to and to speak to in the anointing of the Spirit. Because these five areas would not cover everybody here, but it's very possible that one of them may cover everybody in this house this morning. God sent his son to preach to the broke, to the poor those that feel devastated and trampled on because they, they're, they're poverty-stricken, they're broke. Then he, he sent them to the brokenhearted, 
The people who have been traumatized, who have been devastated, whose hearts have been smashed into smithereens, relationships have gone sour, sons and daughters have turned uh, re- rebels, and, or whatever the case, they, something has hit them head on. They've taken such a hit in life until it's left them devastated and brokenhearted. So Father, Father God sent his son to preach to the broken, to those that are bound. Go back to Frank Thompson's statement about addiction. Those that are bound. He he, he he sent his son to preach to the bound. To the bound. And to the blind, the people that can't see it. I'm talking and chatting with a a guy now that's a a skeptic. He's he's really the great-grandson of J.H. Cubberth who who gave the land that most of Falcon is built on. And he makes a statement in his book that in three generations we went from holy rollers to heathen. And he said, I just don't know whether there's a God or not. But he said when he had, his wife finally talked him into having his, his children christened. And he said, I, I felt such gratitude coming up out of the fact that I had some healthy children and a good wife and a good family. He said, I felt like I wanted to say thank you to somebody, but I didn't know who to say thank you to. But he said he finally did look up and say, and said, uh, whoever you are, wherever you are, Whenever you are, if you are at all, I'd just like to say thank you to somebody. The people whose eyes are blind, they cannot see with the eye of faith the reality of the sonship of Jesus Christ. God loves those kind of people, the skeptics, the atheists, the people that are blind. He loves them enough that he sent his son all the way from heaven. That's a pretty good trip, isn't it? All the way from there to here. To say to those who have scales over their eyes, I want you to be free. I want you to recover your sight. Recovery, recovery. And to preach the liberty to the captives and to the bruised. You see who he's talking about? This, this was the Lord's congregation. The broke, the brokenhearted, the bound, the blind, and the bruised. Listen to me. You know what what has happened to you if you ever had a bruise? How many of you ever had a bruise? Yeah. You know what happens? They tell me. I don't know. I just did some little research on this word bruised. They tell me really truly what's happening is when your body is bruised, you're bleeding on the inside. And that bruise, if it doesn't get cleansing and a lot of care, will become infected and could cost you your life. I'm preaching to people right here in Whitley this morning that the, that the Son of God came all the way from heaven to earth, grew up as a, as a baby and a child and a boy and became a man and was anointed to preach to people who are bleeding on the inside. As far as what they're telling you, things are going hunky-dory and things are doing fine, but deep down inside because of some of the traumatizing, crushing experiences of their lives, they don't know what the future's going to look like. They don't know if they have a future worth. I heard one lady said, I would continue to live, but life is not worth the bother of the mess that I have to go through to continue to live life so I'm just going to cash it in I want you to know that the son of God came all the way from glory and he came anointed sin of all God of God almighty to preach and to preach to you recovery even if you're bleeding inside this morning he says there is recovery for you that's the message God the Father said, Son, I want you to go preach to people that are broke. 
some good news. There is recovery. People that are broken hearted, broken down, blind, bound, bruised, bleeding from the inside because of all the stuff that has happened to them. I want you to preach to them recovery. And if you look at that word again, preach to them the recovering, the recovering. Now, we, we, we like deliverances, don't we? And I do. I, I like deliverances. My, my, my. Because deliverance is kind of like instant. Somebody has said that we are a generation of, uh, of instant-holics. I mean, those of you that would have nerve enough to eat grits, you are so addicted to them until you actually eat instant grits. Man, you are an instant-holic. I mean, I don't eat grits at all. I know I'm, I'm from the south. I was raised in Wayne County. People say I'm weird and all like that. I just don't eat grits. I say, why do you want to eat grits when you can have rice? You know? That's, that's like eating raisins when you can have grapes. I mean, you know, I, I saw the tailors when they were doing a, a children's camp one year. I saw them handing out. They gave kids, they gave, gave kids a choice of getting a raisin or a grape, and they just placed it out, just carried it right on to every child. You can have a raisin or a grape. I didn't see one solitary person pick up a grape, uh, a raisin. They all went for the grapes. You see, grits is what was left over after the fall. That was rice before the fall happened. See what I mean? So you just, I just want you to know, those of you that ate grits this morning, you're, you're eating the remains, the leftovers of what was happening before the fall. But listen, regardless of what your circumstances, he's talking to us about recovery. We want deliverances instantly all the time. I want instant healing. I, when, when there's something hurting, I want instant pain. I, I want something that'll do it now, not next week, not next month. You know something else? We really like that word deliverance. Because it makes us feel special. Truth of the matter is it makes us feel spiritual. Man, if we can get a deliverance, we can just shout and praise the Lord and, and dance about and be hopping happy and slushing full because we have had a deliverance. Instant. We are special. We are spiritual. Can I tell you something? Most recoveries are not deliverances. Most recovery. Deliverance and recovery is totally different. Sometimes recovery takes a long journey. We don't like that. We'd rather it happen before 12 this morning. But to tell you the truth, the Lord came all the way from heaven to earth to preach to you that sometimes it would be recovery and not instant deliverance. But you know what? Recovery can be a tough road to walk. Sometimes you feel like you're really getting better, and then the next day it seems like you've had a setback. And my wife had knee surgery a, few, a couple of years ago, and you know, in two hours... She had been completely delivered from that knee that was giving her problems. She had a brand spanking new knee in the place of that old worn out, bowed up knee. You know what I mean? It wasn't bowed up, was it, Rich? It was a mess. I'm telling you, it was a mess. 
Within two hours, she was delivered from that old knee, had a brand spanking new knee. But I want to tell you, she didn't recover in two hours. In fact, her doctor said, one day you'll thank me for this surgery, but not today. Not today. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been working with family members. You've been working with your own internal struggles. You've been reaching out for recovery. And sometimes it can be hard. It can be difficult. Sometimes it takes a long time. And you know what? There's not much discouraging about deliverances. I mean, man, that is instant. We're ready to go. We've been delivered. We've been set free. But sometimes recovery can be very discouraging. People that are pulling for you. People that are in there with you. It becomes very taxing to them sometimes. Sometimes you wonder if you're worth it. And sometimes you wonder if they wonder if you're worth it. But Jesus said, I just, I just want you to know that the Father sent me all the way from heaven to this earth to preach to you recovery. And if you dare to believe in recovery, and you know you say, but preacher, a lot of people get sick and die. You know what? If they're saved, that's the greatest recovery you'll ever know. There's going to be recovery all the way through the glory. And you may feel like that your world is so mixed up and your, your, your marriage or your relationships or your, your connections with people, important people in your life is so messed up. Your world cannot be uh, such a, a thing that would recover. But hear me, the Lord came to the cross. He's going to recover the whole creation. <laughs> he is in the recovering business. He suffered and bled and died to, to recover the whole creation from all of the effects of sin. I tell you, he knows what he's talking about when he says, don't you give up on it. Don't you quit on it. Don't you get to the point that you're defeated because I was sent from heaven by my Father to preach to you. The spirit of recovery is upon me and recovery is available for you in the midst of all of the whatevers that surround your life. Now, there's some of you this morning You've been struggling with wondering about that. Could I have me some soft music over here from somebody? You've been wondering if there is a recovery for you. If you could ever get beyond what is holding you back or what has always been a thorn, a struggle. You, you wonder if the kid's going to ever turn around. You wonder if, if the mate is going to ever get better. Brother Furl, preparing for these services, those are the two words that I felt like there would be people in Whitley, the Whitley Church, needed to hear anew and afresh from the Lord of, of glory. You can have a win in your life that can turn you around, head you in a powerful direction. And I don't know what you're coming out of, what you're having to deal with, I don't know what's going on in your world. You may, you may be flat broke this morning. Anybody here ever been broke? I'm talking flat broke. Anybody here ever been that way? Tell my wife not to get on to me about doing this, will you? Somebody speak to her about acting, sir. You've, you've been flat broke. How many of you know that can leave you in a sense of desperation? That is bad, bad news. 
God said to his son, I want you to preach the broke some good news. What's the good news? There's going to be recovery. There is recovery by my power and grace and my resources. Brokenhearted? How many of you ever been brokenhearted? Anybody here ever been brokenhearted? I just wondered, I'm not trying to get into your kitchen this morning. I just wonder if there's somebody here this morning that's brokenhearted. Just been traumatized by a hit that you had to, that you've had to take. Just devastated. Your heart broken into a thousand pieces. Somebody you love a lot is bound. God knows if you could, you would set him free in an instant. You set her free in an instant. And you wonder if there's going to be recovery. You may be sitting here today and the pastor knows a lot about you, but he may not know about this bleeding that's going on inside of you because of stuff. Good, bad, good decisions turning bad, bad choices turning worse. I'm preaching to you today. <laughs> I don't understand this. I, I don't understand why God loves you like he does. I don't understand why he, I can understand how he could create a world and how he could raise the dead. I don't understand why he loves us. But I'm preaching to you this morning about a Savior who said, I want you to go out among the hurting, the broken, the bruised, those who are bleeding inside. And I want you to preach recovery. Recovering. Recovering. Not defeat, not despair, not death, not suicide. Preach recovery. And with that, let me ask you now. If you're in one of those five areas and you need some reassurances this morning that recovery is out there for you, would you have the courage to just stand right up? One of those five areas and you need some assurance today that there's recovery for you. Would you just stand? Yes, yes, have the courage. That's right, yes. Preacher, the Lord knows my heart. He's read my mail this morning. In fact, he's revealed my mail this morning. And he knows that I, I need to recover financially. If I don't, I'm going under. I'm going down. I'm going. I'm gone. I'm gone. If there's no recovery, there's relationships that are un... I just need the Lord to assure me. Now, how many of you know somebody that you care a lot about, that you love a lot? They really do need a recovery. Would you stand? If you would like to represent somebody else, and the most important word that you, will ever, that you will ever act on is the word recovery. If I had to tell the drug addict this morning, sir, I'm so, I'm so sorry that you're that there's no recovery for you. It's a done deal. It's over. Just deal with it. That wouldn't be good news, would it? That would be the saddest word I could possibly use. No recovery. No 
recovery. That's what the devil often tells us when we're in the midst of a real bind. No recovery for you. No, no way out for you. If you know somebody that you care about that needs some recovery, just stand to represent them. Because I came by here this morning to represent my Lord and his Father. And he said, you preach to those people that will have the courage to stand. You preach to them recovery. <laughs> in the area of your greatest need, in the area that you need most, you preach to them recovery. Now, would you just lift your hand toward heaven? You don't have to tell the Lord a lot. He already knows it all. In fact, he knows a lot more than you know about the situation that's got you kind of tied up this morning, hurting and bleeding and broken. He, he knows more about the details than you even know. I sense that the Holy Spirit wants to speak into some of your lives this morning. You've been wondering if felt like to you the Lord had walked off and hadn't even waved goodbye just left you with your situation I feel an urgency this morning to tell you he's not going anywhere he's with you and he's working on things that you don't even know about yet and he is a God of recovery a God of recovery would you now just, put, just lift your world to him would you just lift your world Broke, broken, bruised, bound? Would you just lift your world to Him? Father in heaven, we just give you this moment totally, completely. This is a quiet, silent, but powerful moment when we invite you to do something deep inside of us about the needed recoveries in our lives. Recovery of relationships, recovery of finances, recovery of love, recovery of health, recovery, recovery. We claim it, we embrace it, we wrap our arms of faith around it in the strong and mighty name of Jesus Christ who declared it. We leave this service believing God is able to bring about recovery by his power and his powerful resources. Will you bring it now into your heart and into your home and into your situation and dare to trust him because recovery can be long and odorous, challenging and difficult. But receive the word today. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. How many of you will receive that? You receive it. You don't shut your heart to it. You don't close the door. You open your heart, Lord. We receive the journey of recovery. In the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You're a great crowd to preach to. Brother Farrell, it's a delight and honor to be with you today.